The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. And go for Mike Slater in three, two, one. You're listening to Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Slater's America's the greatest country in the world. Happy Saturday. Thanks for being here. Uh, the audiobook is up. So we have uh, my new book. It's called How to Change Someone's Mind. We have the ebook. You can listen. You can read it right now. We have the paperback. You can get it tomorrow. And now we have the audiobook. And you can listen to it right now on iTunes or on audible.com, which I highly recommend if you don't have Audible yet. Um, and the, the audiobook came out a couple days ago. It's already sold more than the paperback, which is good. But like, I wouldn't have written a book if I knew. Right. <laughs> Technically, this is a three-hour audiobook, the next three hours of the show. But uh, alas, either way, whether you want the e-book, the paperback, or the audiobook, it's all available on Amazon right now. Just search for Mike Slater or uh, How to Change Someone's Mind. Also up on our Facebook page. You can search for the Mike Slater Show on Facebook and find all the links there. Okay, today, or I should say the first hour, uh, a little awkward. Just going to throw it out there, but uh, it's important, so we're going to do it. San Diego Unified, that is uh, my local school district, they just voted the other day, 5 nothing, to approve a sex ed curriculum. Now, before I commented on them, or before I came to an opinion on them, I wanted to watch it. And your school district may be using the same curriculum. It's very popular. It's called amaze.org amaze.org and you can go there now and you can watch all these videos that they're showing your sixth graders so i want to talk about three videos i want to play three parts parts of three different videos uh the one the first one i watched because i listen when i watch this uh, it's probably gonna be bad but i'm gonna keep an open mind and we'll see see what it's like the first video i watched was the, the video that they show sixth graders about pornography. And I was 12 seconds into it and said, yep, that just, just it's bad. Just as, just as we thought. Then I clicked another video and it was all about Glenn now living life as Glenda. So that's, it's another great video, which is the second video I saw. This is the third video, and we're going to work backwards. So we'll go three, two, and then one. Uh, again, this is sixth grade. This video is called Being Female, Male, Transgender, or Gender Fluid. I just want to play a clip of it here. Uh, just it's all, it's all cartoons. It's all poorly drawn cartoons, but like poorly on purpose. Uh, the third person you're going to hear sighing in this video is a janitor who from the waist up is wearing a janitor's uniform and then the camera pans back and you see the janitor from the waist down is wearing a pink tutu as he prances off the screen. Just so you can imagine that. Uh, Let's take a little bit of this video. And again, this is being female, male, transgender, or gender fluid. Everyone has a way of expressing their masculinity and femininity to the world. That is your gender expression. Everyone has the right to be respected, no matter how they look, act, or dress. The way a person expresses their gender doesn't tell us anything about who they are attracted to or which gender they feel they are inside. Gender identity is a person's internal sense of whether they are male or female. 
For most people, their gender identity matches their physical body. This is called cisgender. For others, their gender identity might not match their physical body. They may have been born with male body parts, but inside feel certain that they are female or vice versa. This is called being transgender. People who have a gender identity that is not binary, sometimes called gender fluid, gender queer, or gender nonconforming, find that their gender identity does not fit into specific categories of male or female, but rather exists along a continuum. Your gender identity is not something you can choose or change. No matter your gender expression or identity, it is normal to have questions about who you are and if what you are feeling and experiencing is normal. Finding an adult you can talk to at home or at school can be helpful. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So just know, 10 years ago, and I've told this story many times before, 10 years ago, my college roommate busts through the door. I distinctly remember this. I don't even know why I remember this because my college roommate, like we had a lot of interactions, but this one I always remember and now it's just super relevant. Uh, but he busted through the door and said, Slater, you are not going to believe what they taught in class today. He was pre-med and he was taking some gender and sexuality class. And he went on this whole rant about how they taught that gender is on a spectrum and there's no such thing as bisexual because that implies that there are only two genders and everyone is somewhere on this spectrum. That was 10 years ago in college and now being taught to sixth graders as if it's gospel. Do you see how quickly, how quickly it seeps down? You know, the left is always critical of, uh, of trickle down economics and they say trickle down economics doesn't work. Now we'll share another day why there's no such thing as trickle down economics. But anyway, point is they don't think trickle down economics work, but they're in the business of trickle down culture. They establish a culture from academia up high and it trickles down. And here it is trickling down into your sixth graders classroom. I talked about this on my local show and talked about how this is being taught in sixth grade. And then I got an email from someone who is in a different school district in San Diego and they're having a parents night about in their elementary school about gender expanding children, gender fluid and gender expanding. <laughs> so that's elementary school. Up until about 14 seconds ago, there was no such thing as cisgender. And now it's just, it's just normal sex ed. So here's the key line I want to talk about. I don't know if you caught it. It was near the end. The narrator said, your gender identity is not something you can choose or change. Your gender identity is not something you can choose or change. Okay, so let's break this down. Uh, gender identity, that's how you feel on the inside. That's your internal sense of whether you're male or female. They say that that can't be a choice. Hmm. It's nothing you can choose or change. I think that's really dangerous to say because, as we've talked about before on this topic, a vast majority, 90%, of kids who feel confused about their gender identity, a vast majority, almost all of them, when they hit puberty, no longer feel confused. But if you're telling a sixth grader, maybe in the middle of their confusion, that they can't change how they feel, is this video and is this message not stunting 
a kid's natural progression out of this confusion? Does that make sense? Let's break it down. Let's say you have a 12 year old boy, 12 year old boy feels confused about their gender identity. Maybe this boy feels more feminine, feels like a girl. And they watch this video and this authority, the teacher, the district, the adults say, you can't change. You can't change. You can't choose and you can't change your gender identity. Doesn't that tell that boy, you know what? You feel like a girl. You are. And there's nothing you can do to change it. You are a girl. That's what, that's what they just said. You can't choose, you can't change. But that's not true because 90% of kids who have that confusion grow out of it and do change from being confused to getting their thoughts in line with the reality of their biological gender. 90%. And this video says you can't, but 90% do. That's just wrong. Now, the bigger problem is this is a philosophy that's held by many doctors. We shared a couple months ago an editorial written in the New York Times by a Yale med school doctor. Uh, and also the Boston Children's Hospital in particular, but many other children's hospitals across the country who prescribe hormone-blocking drugs to kids who are confused. Uh, these hormone-blocking drugs, hormone drugs stop puberty, stops normal hormonal development, keeping these kids in a confused state. And the point is they do that until they get older, and then it will be easier to perform surgery. That plan only makes sense if you believe that you your gender identity can't change or this kid's gender identity can't change, which isn't true because 90% of gender-confused kids grow out of their confusion, 90%. Now, that's the choose part. I, I got to take a break. I want to come back and I want to talk about the Uh, Excuse me, that's the change part. I want to come back and talk about the choose part because this is all a part of the born this way philosophy, right? You're born this way. And culture may say that's the case, but science does not. I want to talk about that next. Amaze.org, it may be worth asking to see if your school uh, is teaching this curriculum and we're just getting started that's video number one got a few more i want to share do it next mike slater show on the blaze radio network spread the word mike slater we'll continue in a moment on the blaze radio network Mike Slater. Slater Crusaders, I want to play another video. There's three I want to play. Uh, this is number two. So we just talked about the, the transgender one where they say you can't choose or change your gender identity. You can't choose it or change it. Uh, we just talked about the change part, which just isn't true. Uh, now I want to talk about the choose part. Let me play another video here. This is called Love is Love, Free to Be Me. Here it is. Oh, oh real quick, I should say. The background. Lesbian. Sorry, yeah, yeah, let me stop real quick. So you can pull it back up. Sorry. The background music is so loud. Like, this, the videos that they make are really well done, like production quality wise, but for some reason, this one is super loud, the background music. I apologize, but it's not a long clip. Here it is. <laughs> 
like boys. I think I'm gay. She said, that's cool. As long as you're happy. You can be attracted to whoever you want. Just telling her made me feel better. I felt so relieved. I felt so lost and alone before. I decided to tell my aunt what had been bothering me. Of course, I was nervous. I told her that skip I like girls. To. That I think I'm. Uh, sorry, skip to one fifty in this video here, just for the sake of uh, hurrying it along here. One fifty. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, heterosexual, or something else. They're all. are free to be exactly who you are and like whomever you want there you go sex ed sixth grade uh okay let, let me let me cut to the chase i'm sorry i should have started off with this uh, it's amazing to me that we think it's that people think it's appropriate at all to have the school teach our kids about sex this is entirely only a thing because parents aren't teaching their kids about sex. We have outsourced this entire topic to the last group of people that we should ever want to outsource this to. <laughs> Can you think of, of a worse group of people to outsource this responsibility to? Last week, we shared an article in Teen Vogue, and I'm going to say this, and just I, I never wanted to talk about this again, but we did last week. Uh, so if you have kids in, the, uh, kids in the car or listening right now, turn the volume down for five seconds. Just warning here, earmuffs warning. Last week, we talked about an article in Teen Vogue about anal sex and how it feels great, and everybody's doing it. Teen Vogue. And then when there was some pushback on that, the editor of Teen Vogue, the digital editor, tweeted a picture of him kissing a guy, flicking off the camera, with a rainbow painted on his middle fingernail. These people don't care about your kids. They don't care about your kids. These are the same people who are making this sex ed curriculum. They don't care about your kids. And then you got the five knuckleheads on the school board, which is totally clueless. But it's our, as parents, it's our fear or our you know, uh, awkwardness of not wanting to talk to our kids about this. We outsource it to these activists. It's a mix between activists and people who have no idea what they're talking about. Right? So it's people who are giving your kids wrong information and people who just have no clue what the heck's going on. How much sense does that make? Why do we do that? So in San Diego, they had a uh, school board meeting and someone got up and said, this information, it's too much too soon. And then the next person got up in front of the school board and said, it's not enough or soon enough. And it's like, why are we leaving any of this information, any of this, these questions up to democracy, first of all, the majority, and then leaving it up to the school board to decide it's crazy to me. Our fear of not wanting to talk to our kids about this, right? We, we, we lie to ourselves, right? We don't want to do it. So we, we don't want to do it because it's awkward. So to get out of having to do it, we lie to ourselves and we say, oh, well, smarter people will do it instead. Smarter people will do it for us. Smarter people who know what they're talking about and who will do a better job than me will talk to my kids about this so I don't have to. No, 
That's a lie. If you don't, worse people will. And they will tell your kids things that are not true. So the idea of sex ed in schools only makes sense because parents have outsourced it to the school, which in a rational world makes zero sense. But anyway, let me talk about the uh, choosing part. Again, you can't choose it or change it. It's not true. We talked about the changing and it's not true about the choosing either. Um, Two points here. There was a book written in 1989 called After the Ball, How America Will Conquer Its Fear and Hatred of Gays in the 90s. It was written by two guys, uh, two Harvard grads. One uh, is a a neuropsychologist, neuropsychiatrist. And the other has a doctorate in politics from Harvard, and he's an expert in public persuasion and marketing. So two smart guys. They had a five-step plan. Again, this is 1989. They had a five-step plan to get people to accept homosexuality. One of them was to don't, don't use that word. Use the word gay instead and make it about rights, hence the gay rights movement. But let me, um, let me quote from the book. One of their tactics was to tell everyone that we are born this way, that gay people are born this way. All right, so here's the quote. We argue that, for all practical purposes, gays should be considered to have been born gay, even though sexual orientation for most humans seems to be the product of a complex interaction between innate predispositions and environmental factors during childhood and early adolescence. Alas, to suggest in public that homosexuality might be chosen is to open the can of worms labeled moral choices and sin and give the religious intransigence a stick to beat us with. Straits must be taught that it is as natural for some persons to be homosexual as it is for others to be heterosexual. Wickedness and seduction have nothing to do with it. So there you go. So there's two guys, 1989, saying, well, how are we going to get people to get over this whole gay thing? How are we going to you know, force this on everyone? Um, and there you have it. Say, born this way. And there you have sex ed videos. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. Born this way. Can't change it. Can't choose it. Can't change it. Meanwhile, three professors, doctors, uh, compiled 200 studies. This is just about a year ago. Compiled over 200 studies from different fields. Endocrinology, which is study of hormones. Psychiatry, neuroscience, the brain. Embryology, pediatrics, genetics. All these different fields. 200 studies. And their conclusion was, quote, the belief that sexual orientation is an innate, so you're born this way, innate, biologically fixed human property that people are born that way is not supported by scientific evidence. Not supported by scientific evidence. Now, this obviously requires a much larger discussion, but just know as you're getting this born this way, pounded in your face by Lady Gaga and the rest of society, there's much more science that proves it's not true. But your kids are being taught all across the country that it is impossible to change impossible to change and if you feel this way you were born that way all right i got the worst video of all coming up next 1-888-900-3393 slater radio on twitter mike slater show on facebook got a link there to buy my new book too mike slater show spread the word this is mike slater part of the next generation of talk radio on the blaze radio network
888-900-3393. Mike Slater is on. Slater. Slater, thanks for being here. So, one of the big local stories in San Diego this week was San Diego Unified voting 5 nothing to, that's our school district, voting to have this sex ed curriculum in sixth grade. Uh, you can watch the videos on amaze.org. It's the organization putting this on. It's nationwide. So, probably at your school too. They're very popular. Uh, this was the first video I saw. So we just played from two different videos. This was the very first one I saw. And like I said, I, I wanted to keep an open mind who, I, I mean, I, I couldn't come to an opinion on it until I watched it and saw what they were doing. So this was the first video I saw. And this is the very first 10 seconds of any video I saw. This is a video, uh, about pornography. Here's, here's the beginning. Sometimes when you are on the internet, you might accidentally or intentionally end up on a website that features pornography, sometimes called porn. Being curious about sex and looking at pictures or films of naked bodies or people engaging in sexual behaviors is perfectly normal. Stop. So it was the first 10 seconds of anything I saw. I said, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, being curious about sex, looking at pictures or films of naked bodies or videos of people engaging in sexual behaviors, perfectly normal. So normal and prevalent are different things. Prevalent does not mean normal. Normal does not mean good. No doubt it's prevalent and it's getting younger and younger. The average age of someone seeing their first pornographic image is 11. Check out this fact among kids under 18. So I'm just kids under 18. Those under the age of 10 are 22% of online porn consumption under 10. So it's prevalent. That doesn't mean it's normal and it certainly doesn't mean it's good, but that's the foundational beginning of this video. Now I want to play the rest of the video. It's only a minute long here um, because I, I think the rest of it does an okay job. And I want to, like I said, I want to be fair here and I want to play the rest because I think they do okay from that point forward. But with that opening, I don't think it's the proper context. And I don't know why you would have that opening if you then also don't come to the conclusion that you must logically then come to. I'll break it down here. Here's the rest of it. But you have to remember that porn contains some misleading messages like bigger is better when it comes to breasts. Penises, or the duration of sex. Pornography often shows women as only existing to give men pleasure. Lastly, porn might make you think that being sexual with another person has nothing to do with having an intimate, trustful, or respectful relationship. Pornography can also contain violent images or strange-looking behavior that may be scary or disturbing. Don't forget, Porn is like many movies. It's completely made up. A fantasy that could never exist in real life and does not show realistic, healthy, intimate, or loving sexual relationships between two equal partners. I wonder how long the longest We're cucumber... There. So, so that's, that's not terrible, right? It talks about how porn sends misleading messages, damages intimacy, trust, respect. It's a fantasy. Like That's all good. But why start it off with saying watching porn is normal? And then talk about all these problems with it. A sixth grader who's watching this video probably doesn't understand the problems 
with a loss of intimacy and trust in their future marriage. They're in sixth grade. So that part of the story doesn't really make sense to them, but they will definitely walk away with the opening sentence of watching porn is normal, especially because the rest of society is telling them that too. So that part's right now. It is normal. The rest of it is all very future-based. Oh, it will affect my marriage? Like, sixth grader? So I think a more thoughtful video would have taught, and a more accurate one, would have talked about what porn literally does to your brain. There is a ton of secular, and I want to be be very upfront. I'm not, I have no intention. I will not mention the Bible. I'm not talking about sin. Like, none of that. I'm I'm not even there. That doesn't even, doesn't even come into play with this analysis. There is a ton of secular research and a massive anti-porn movement going on in the secular world, led by former porn stars. James Dean is the top male porn star. He is talking about the damaging effects of porn in people's lives and how it's hurting actual intimacy and relationships with people. So this has nothing to do with being a Bible-thumping brood. So I want to talk about neuroplasticity, which obviously is why you tuned in today, right? I mean, everyone... So I bet Slider's talking about neuroplasticity today. I'm going to, so neuroplasticity is the brain's ability to reorganize itself by forming new neural connections over time. So if there's a damage to a part of your brain, then the other parts of your brain can pick up the slack and make new neural pathways. Pretty cool. Brain's awesome. So keep that in mind. Your brain forms channels it forms uh it builds a dirt road and then it builds a paved road and then a four-lane paved road and then an eight-lane highway and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger these neural pathways if that highway gets destroyed then you can build a new dirt road and then paved road etc etc so keep that in mind and then we got to talk about dopamine dopamine is the reward hormone so this is released in your body naturally when you accomplish something. When you, it's really when you accomplish something uh, life-affirming. So when you eat food, dopamine is released. It feels good. Feels good. Dopamine feels good. So it tells your body, do more of this because eating helps you live. Right? Same thing with having sex. That dopamine is released. It says, ooh, that feels good. You should do more of that because that sustains future life, right? Dopamine, it feels good. It tells your body to do it again. Now this over time rewires your brain. There's a ton of research on this. So with more porn, the more you watch, the more dopamine gets released and the more that that pathway is reinforced and eventually over and over and over again, over years, you don't desire it. You require it. This loop, it goes on and on and on for years. And like any drug, your tolerance goes up. Your tolerance goes up. So you require it more often and more hardcore. And the damaging effect is that reality becomes boring. It's, this is why meth addicts can't just stop. It's the same thing. Reality becomes boring and that destroys relationships and marriages. And it sends, so it does horrible things to guys in particular who are mostly watching, but it is a horrible thing to girls because it tells girls that if you want to be worthy of love, then you have to be worthy of someone's sexual desire. And today, the way to be desired sexually is to be like a porn star. This is why there's so much sexting going on, taking pictures and sending it around. That's why there's so much of that in high schools and stuff. 
and you watch any pop star today, they're just porn stars. They got a few more clothes on, but they're just jumping around like on a stripper stage. No different. And the fact that it's everywhere shoot, proves how desensitized to it we've become as a society, which is part of it, right? You become more desensitized to it over time and time and time. Then on top of that, it's uh, violent. Porn is entirely about male domination. Women are abused violently, and obviously that's dangerous for kids to see. And I even, even talked about the women in porn. There's a Netflix documentary called Hot Girls Wanted, and it's about these girls all across the country who are lured into the industry with these grand promises. And these girls, will they'll go on some website or something, and some guy will reach out to them and say, oh, you should come to Florida, fly out, 18 years old, to fly out and live in these houses. And they are raped and abused and tortured and horrible things. And then they're thrown out onto the streets after their 15 minutes is up. So porn is great and totally normal other than you're damaging yourself, your spouse, your relationships, and you're hurting other people. Other than that's great. So when you, like, that, like the video doesn't talk about that. But now again, to go be fair, because it did talk about some things that were bad about porn, which is good, but then why, why start off with it's normal? Why not say it's objectively bad. No, no, I'm not saying it's sinful. I mean, I am saying that, but that, right here, I'm not, I'm not saying this video needs to say it's sinful. I'm not saying that, that these videos need to say, Jesus wouldn't want you to, or the Bible says you shouldn't. Like, that's not my argument here. My argument here is it's bad for you. It's bad for your brain. It's bad for girls. It's bad for women. It's bad for your marriage. It's bad for the people in the porn bad just objectively bad but we can't say that so instead this video has to say it's normal it's not and actually it's worse than that it's you know i want to come back i want to share my favorite imagery of of anything it's my favorite metaphor maybe ever made c.s lewis made it and it's about this topic um i want to share it next and and show that watching porn it's 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 not normal it's odd Again, it's prevalent. No doubt it's prevalent. But it's not normal. It's actually really odd. If you can step away and look at it and like look at the whole thing, the whole picture for a second, with a clear mind, you look at it and you say, oh, that's, that's pretty weird. And that's what C.S. Lewis's argument was 70 years ago. Uh, I think it's still true today. I want to share that next. one 888 Mike Slater Show. The Blaze Radio Network. You're Spread listening to Mike Slater. On the Blaze Radio Network. This is Mike Slater. So C.S. Lewis had a great point about this. He said, if you, you know, here, here in America, in the West today, modern society, you get a bunch of people together and they go and they watch a stripper. And that behavior, that act is normal to us. But imagine if we went to a country that filled a whole theater, whole room with guys 
and they brought out on stage uh, a, a covered plate, right? So it was a plate with a like the silver dome on top of it, right? And they bring it out on the stage, and they slowly lift the cover. And everyone in the everyone, all the guys are they're going crazy. And they they pull off the cover, and there's a a ribeye steak. It's a juicy ribeye steak right there. And all the guys and the oh they're they're wild animals. They've lost themselves. It's like they're drugged out. And then they put the cover back on and they move the ribeye off the stage and you don't see it anymore. And oh if you saw that, you'd think, what the heck is wrong with these people? Actually, your first thought would be that these people must be starving to death. Right? They're starving. They're lusting after that, that steak like that. They, they must be starving. They, must have, they, they haven't eaten in weeks. So that's your, that's your thesis. Now you got to go prove it or see, get some evidence of that. But you walk outside the theater and you see that people aren't starving to death. They're not starving to death at all. In fact, there's plenty of food everywhere. And then you realize hmm, starving men think an awful lot about food. But so do gluttons. People who are really hungry think about food all the time, and people who are gorged on food think about food all the time. It's the same with sex. It's everywhere around us. And the way we react to it, you'd think there's no sexuality anywhere ever. But it's the opposite. The way we're obsessed with it and with porn, it's, I mean, it's number one thing searched always on the internet and uh, Japan, China coming out with these sex robots. You combine that with VR, will totally destroy uh, virtual reality. That will totally destroy real human relationships. I mean, just like porn destroys relationships today, but this is just going to increase by a thousand. But but all the stuff you'd think we are sex starved. We're not sex starved. We're sex gorged. It's all over the place. Last week, my wife and I we watched the movie Lion. It was really good. We liked it. Um, and the main guy in the movie and his girlfriend for no reason, they were uh, in two different scenes. They were naked in their, in the bed together. And I just, I noticed it because I was like, well, the, the zero to do with the story at all in any, in any way. And then it turns out they didn't kiss in the whole movie. The, the, the guy and the girl, they didn't kiss. Why? So lions about a guy from India. So it's an Indian movie. It's American, but it's about India. And they didn't have them kiss because in Bollywood, Indian movies, up until the 90s, they never showed men and women kissing in movies. They would always find a way to get around it. And they'd have these scenes where the, the man would go in for the kiss and would go in super slowly. And the music's playing and the audience is going crazy because it's exciting. Is he going? Is he not? It's, oh, and then they cut away at the last. Like, oh. Today, it's just the scene. Just, they have sex and it's just boring. It's lame. It's like. But still, in Indian movies, they don't like to show people kissing so they don't show them kissing but then they showed them naked in the bed under the cover i mean under the covers they were naked so they didn't show them naked but they were naked under the cover and it's like why 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 do that i don't it's just everywhere it's everywhere nonstop. so anyway i bring that up just because in these sex ed classes sixth graders that video again on pornography starts off saying it's normal well it's prevalent but it's not normal it's no more normal than if someone brought a ribeye out and a group of people just go nuts for it. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, that's like, well, that's not, it's a little odd. And also when you, when you say that porn is normal behavior, that suggests that any sexual act, which you're tempted in the moment is normal and healthy. 
just because you desire it, it is normal and healthy. That can't be true. I just have a feeling that if we surrendered to all of our desires all the time, there'd be a lot more lying and cheating and stealing and jealousy and all these other bad things. Just because it's prevalent doesn't mean it's normal. And just because it's prevalent well, certainly doesn't mean it's good. Amaze.org. You can watch these videos yourself and make sure your kid's school district. Or at least be aware if your kids are seeing these too. Mike Slater Show. Spread the word. You're listening to Mike Slater. Part of the next generation of talk radio. On the Blaze Radio Network.